welcome to the Midlife Masculine Podcast. My name is Dhruv Sethi and join me on this journey of becoming an objective, independent, self-sovereign thinker and doer. The masculine maintains structure in our families and society, even when it's underappreciated. This always begins with the acquisition of knowledge, ancient or modern, obscure or mainstream, regardless we will acquire knowledge together on this show. Find us on mlmpod.info and all major podcast platforms. Please like, share, subscribe and hit the bell. Welcome to another episode of the Midlife Masculine Podcast. My guest today is Ingo Schulmeier. Ingo is a transformational health and life coach, having gone from a senior corporate career to starting a new life in Mexico with his family living an organic holistic life. Now, having been six times Ironman finisher, including world championship in Hawaii, Ingo now helps people make fundamental changes to their lives, including business and transformational life coaching. Welcome, Ingo. Thank you, Truth. Thanks for the invitation. I want to cover so much um, how you developed that Ironman mindset, how you moved from the corporate world to living organically and holistically. A lot of my listeners are in the corporate world or are uh, entrepreneurs looking to start the business or take the business to new heights. So really looking forward to this uh, conversation, Ingo. So the first topic I, I really want to uh, cover, and uh, which is quite fascinating, is um, Ironman. What got you interested in Ironman? And I mean, Ironman, so I was always interested in, in, in doing sports and I like outdoor sports. I like to be in the nature. So I was, uh, all my life we went out uh, with my, even when I was a kid, I went out with my parents for, for hiking trips and skiing in the winter. And then when I got older, so when I was like 18, 20, I started running. And maybe two years later, I also added cycling. And then at one point I said, okay, I'm running, I'm cycling. Um, Maybe I can do also a triathlon. I needed to add swimming. And I actually, it was not only because I didn't, yeah, I, I was something missing, but also um, I think it's a good, it's giving you a good balance. Because if you, I mean, in the beginning when I started running, uh, we lived in the mountains and I was running a lot up and down the mountains. So after two years or something like that, I get knee problems because if you're running down and I'm quite tall and, and a little heavy, so uh, it's problematic for the knees. And with the cycling, if you cycle a lot, that can cause back problems. But uh, when I added swimming, since then I actually don't have any any problems anymore. So I think it's also, triathlon is a good balanced sport that gives you a, yeah, like a holistic workout because you do like, you train different uh, parts of the body at different times. And yeah, so, and, and I enjoyed it a lot since my first time. So my, I did my first triathlon in 2007, I think. So do you have a favorite amongst the three? Yeah, my favorite is the, is the bike, actually, because there I'm also like, they're in the best condition and, and I, yeah, it's funny. And I like the speed on the bicycle and uh, going down the highway. And yeah, I can imagine I that speed it. is um, quite enjoyable. It must be. So in terms of the Iron Man mindset, how would you say you developed it? Uh, I think, uh, how do you develop it? I think, first of all, maybe we need to define what is an Ironman right, mindset, right? So, and I think it's, um, first of all, you have to be persistent and consistent with your goals. 
and just to have a strong belief that you can achieve them. Because I mean, an Ironman, it's, it's not only the event itself is quite tough. So usually it's a day of like, depending on your level, but between 10 and 15 hours for most people. And so it's a long day, but I think what's even more challenging is the long preparation ahead of that, right? So because usually you have like six to nine months intensive preparation and there you really need to be like disciplined with your training and with your nutrition. I mean, yeah, you cannot just do what you want. It's really every week counts and every week you need to bring in your training sessions and you need to take care that, you, yeah, that your nutrition is uh, right, that you're not gaining weight or something like that and that you also get all the minerals because if you exercise a lot, you of course have to do also lose a lot of uh, minerals through sweating and so you need your minerals and proteins. And yeah, so how, how did I develop that? I don't know. I think it's just like for me, and I think that something I was good at is the goal setting. So if I set myself a goal, I'm usually reached it also, right? So um, if I really want to have something, so I'm going to reach it. And if you have that in mind, and it, it can, if you visualize that, and if you think about that every day and really embody that, so that that's the first step to really or that, that's the basis for setting up really the discipline that you need. And, and so, so talk to me about that goal. In words, what was that goal and how did you embody it? What does that mean to embody a goal? To embody a goal, I mean, it, it means that you see yourself being really there. And if you're an endurance athlete, I think Ironman is one of the biggest goals you can have, right? Because it's like the... Yeah, the most difficult probably, but also the most uh, shiny and, and, and glamorous uh, <laughs> event that you can go to. And so my dream always was to go to the, to the World Championship, which is in Hawaii um, every year uh, since 40 years. And I, of course, I didn't start with Hawaii, but I started with being an Ironman. And when I signed up for the first Ironman, I knew that I can, can do it and you need to embody that knowledge. You need to be very certain within yourself that you can achieve that goal, right? And you need to, actually, you need to see yourself already there in all the preparation time. You see yourself already passing the finish line and enjoying that moment. And that is, some people call it visualizing or like just imagining that, you, that you're already in the situation that you are already an Ironman. And I think that applies to all goals you have, right? If you want to have a goal, it doesn't help you to say, ah, one day I maybe want to be this and that. One day I want to be maybe a millionaire. You need to be certain about it, say, at whatever. 1st of January 2025, I'm a millionaire. And, and then it's like, a, it's like a statement. It's not like a conjunctive anymore. And what about in preparation? I think you said 15 hours per day preparation or training and preparation took about nine months leading into the competition so in that period what were the top things you had to sacrifice apart from junk food or, or those kinds of things but i'm thinking more in terms of relationships social aspect of your life yeah i mean it's it's a lot of time you invest and sorry about the 15 hours i meant the event itself like a competition usually for most people it takes something between 10 and 15 hours 
and the training time varies, but it will be for me in the in the last three four months at least I was training something like I would say an average fifteen hours a week, which is like two and a half hours every day, in in average. Uh, so yeah, you you have to sacrifice your social life. You have to make uh, commitments to that, and um, yeah, it also requires a family and, and and a friend and a social network that are supporting that. Otherwise, it's uh, it's not possible. And of course, yeah, you, you you're not usually staying till four a.m. on on the party Friday nights because usually the next day in the morning you go out early. Um, I had kids, so I tried to integrate the training as much as possible in my in my daily life. For example, I was um, I used my bike to commute to work, which was like a, every morning like forty five minutes commute, and on, on the way back sometimes I was running home or sometimes I did an extra tour. So it saved me the commuting time. So so you need to be a little bit creative and flexible with your with your times to do it right. Oh, that makes sense. I like it. Basically, integrating training into your day-to-day. -day so, sometimes I use the lunch break for, for training or early Sunday mornings when everybody's sleeping. You go out at 6 a.m., have a bike ride till 10 a.m. Like and that. I'm assuming alcohol was totally out of the picture and so was junk food. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not absolutely <laughs> absent to these things. So I drink sometimes a beer and I'm also eating sometimes junk food but, but not very frequently because most of the time we're eating at home and um, it's not an issue for me i mean i can eat sometimes sometimes here in mexico we go out eat tacos or something or whatever you find especially when you're traveling it's sometimes difficult to find good good food or healthy food but um but yeah you should avoid it it's better to avoid it no absolutely so in preparation for a competition say during that nine month period as you're training and you injure yourself and you know with that injury you sort of have to rest how do you develop that patience to rest knowing that the deadline is getting closer and closer yeah i think that's that's a great question and, and i think that's a very important point that many people do do wrong and i think that's a probably a general problem in our society today right that people want to have the results always now they don't want to wait for anything, right? And with with such competitions, you need to be very patient. And especially as you say, I mean, I never had serious injuries, but sometimes you have pains. And one great advantage of this Ironman training is you learn a lot about your body, right? I know exactly what my body can handle. I know exactly when when the pain is okay or when it's getting too much and when I need to stop. This is something I, I developed over many years. Um, and then it's, it's better to rest, I mean, sometimes, or, or if you're getting sick in the winter, or if you have, you have a cold, sometimes it's better to step back, because if not, it can cause that. I mean, it, it starts with a cold, but if you then go to the swimming pool, maybe it expands to, to flu or something like that, and, and you stay in bed two weeks, so you, you can make it worse with, worse with it. So it's always, uh, uh, you need to decide, and you always need to balance, find a balance between overdoing it and, and not doing too much. And I think what most people want, they always start too fast and that's why they get injured. And for example, just uh, uh, like two months ago, I went to like a trail run. It was like a 32K trail run and there were like 30, it was small, but there were like 30 people starting and most of them were starting and, and I didn't took it seriously, but I started slow in my pace, in my rhythm. 
But I knew probably most of them, if they're starting so fast, they were probably not reached yet. So I started, I was somewhere in, in, in the back end when I was starting. And after three hours, when I finished, I was, uh, I finished third place. So most of the people start too fast. And, then, and, and in Ironman, the pacing or in long distance, the pacing is very important because if you start fast, yeah, you will pay the bill after a few hours later. You don't notice it immediately. Yeah, that's something I've seen on in all the great athletes, like the the uh, the biggest ones, say Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, and uh, Zinedine Zidane. There's something about them. There's a very relaxed way, the way that they move, and it's almost like they're preserving their energy until the end. Uh, mm. They're not too. Sometimes they don't even seem that interested, but in the last third or the last uh, quarter of the game. That's when they can have that explosive energy. It's about pacing yourself, I guess. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very valuable. So now the Iron Man mindset. What aspects or how did you apply what you learned during your time in Iron Man in your corporate career? And how do you apply it today in your very much off the grid or digital nomad career? Yeah, I think the Iron Man help, helps a lot in as I said, goal setting and achieving goals and being disciplined and not being scared of wanting anything. And I certainly knew that, I mean, when I qualified for the, for the world championship in Hawaii, and this was my, my dream, it was not even a goal. It was for many years, it was just a dream for many years. And when I, when I walked over the finish line in Hawaii, then, then I just knew I can achieve anything I want. Right. So, and it's just, like I was not, you're not afraid anymore. You lose all the, all the fear. And, and I mean, maybe it's not entirely correct. Sometimes I also have fear and sometimes I also have worries and doubts if I can do something, especially now also with my new business as a, as a entrepreneur, as being self-employed, depending on myself. Of course there are fears sometimes, but, but you know how to live with them and, and you know how to overcome them, right? And you know how to deal with it when these feelings are coming up. And I think that's something very important because uh, I think the human body or even the uh, we humans as uh, individual beings, we can achieve much more than we believe we can, right? We just need to trust in ourselves. And, and sometimes we're playing just too low, right? We, we just, uh, we don't dare to say, I want to be this and that and, or I want to have this and that life because it's so far away. But uh, you know, every, every journey starts with a single step and, and yeah, you need to be disciplined. You need to be patient. You won't get it tomorrow. You won't get it in one week. But if you want really something, you can do it. And, and I think that's one thing I learned from that. Maybe I had it uh, a little bit before, but I think was that it, uh, um, this work and how to work on myself and how to discipline myself is something I learned in this uh, sport. That is key advice. A lot of the listeners here, midlife men, would be thinking, okay, half my life, or nearly half my life, or more than half my life has passed now. What am I going to do with the rest of it? And so time is sort of a fear that's looming. And maybe also with that fear, the men listening would be rushing to, say, start that project, start their business, all those things. 
so what I'm hearing is just sort of be comfortable with that fear. It'll always be there, but overcome it somehow, maybe make peace with it. Yes, exactly. I mean, there's always, um, I think we can make a decision in our life. And that's an important decision. What do we want to have? Do we want to have a, a mindset of comfort or do we want to have a mindset of growth? Meaning we want to achieve everything. I think most people living in mindset of comfort, they're at home, they have their job, they have their salary, they're sometimes more, sometimes less happy. They're coming home, they have their, whatever, their foot in the fridge and they have their television, like 60 inch television or whatever. And this is a mindset of comfort, right? There's no growing anymore. Um, and that's completely fine, right? I, I'm not uh, uh, judging or valuing that. So, but if you want to live a growth mindset and if you want to become more and if you want to make, uh, for example, contributions or if you want to achieve things, you have a growth mindset. And if you want to have a growth mindset, then you need to live with uncertainty and you need to live with that is sometimes a fear or sometimes it's uncomfortable. But, uh, but you're um, honored and paid with uh, other experiences, with much more valuable experiences in my opinion. How did you differentiate between the comfort where this comfort is allowed, I'm allowed to watch TV today, versus where I cannot rest, I have to be exercising? Um, how do I differentiate? Um, I think... Well, I think that's part of the game, right? Because you cannot always be on 100%, right? So you cannot train always. There will always be, I mean, every sport depends also on a time where you push yourself and a time where you rest. And actually in the rest phase, you're, you're building the muscles and you, you, your body is uh, uh, building itself up for this competition, right? The, so you need this, you always have this ups and downs and it's, it's that's the same with if it's like your body, like your muscles, like your uh, your performance, your physical performance, or if it's your mental performance. We have the same in the mind, right? We cannot always like work hard 20 hours a day. I think we also need this rest spaces with maybe meditation or just go for a walk in the nature or being with the family. So I, I think that's, you have to find this balance. I think the people that work 20 hours a day or work out 20 hours a day, it's not healthy and it will be not successful in the long term. Or if you do too little, also not so. We're all individuals, right? So I think. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I was expecting a different answer. Ex-Ironman competitor, I was thinking, oh, well, you can rest when you die. Uh, no, no, absolutely. I, I wouldn't know. I think that's, that's a mindset that leads to burnout. So moving on. Now you made a move from a senior corporate career to essentially being the master of your own life. Uh, now you sort of live off the grid in Mexico with your family. And a lot of listeners would be thinking, uh, you know, they want to be masters of their lives because a lot of listeners here in London would be professionals. My first question is, people who would want to live like you, where should they start? Or how did you start? How did I start? So for me, I think it was a very long process um, as I said so or I'm not sure if we mentioned it but I was working like for like 15 years in the semiconductor industry different engineering and management uh, level positions um, but over the years I found out that I'm not really happy with that and that's maybe where we that's maybe the other important point I mean I think with the with all the sports stuff we, we discussed a lot about setting goals and achieving goals right 
And this is one important aspect. I think the other, the second aspect is that we need to make sure that the goals we are setting to ourselves are aligned with our, with our values and with our beliefs. Um, because otherwise we can set a goal and run in direction and achieve it, but we won't be happier after that, right? And that's maybe something that happened to me in my, my corporate life, I think. And then to understand that, I think it's very important to, to study ourselves and to go into ourselves to feel or, or to release our feelings and also to, to develop our own values and passions and purpose. Because a lot of times, especially in our times today, right, we, we are a lot of, we have a lot of influence, we have a lot of noise around us from social media and from our parents how we should be and what success really means. I mean, success really means you have a big paycheck and you need a big car and you need a big house and whatever. So, but we need to understand that often, maybe we believe this is our values, but sometimes they're maybe not. And, and, and this requires work on ourselves to understand that. And well, it can take for, for everybody, it can take a different time for me. It took a long time and um, even when you understand it, I think it's still a very difficult decision, especially when, if you have a family like me. Um, because I always thought when I was working, maybe I want to do something else, maybe I wanted to become an entrepreneur. But I said, ah, no, I cannot quit my job because I need the money at the end of the month because we need to pay the mortgage, buy food and stuff for the kids. So I wanted to do something else, but I didn't do it because I was in this pattern that I cannot do it. So I think the first point is start to understand yourself and you need to be willing or you need to recognize actually that you, that you want to have a change and that you're actually not happy. So th that's the starting point for that. And once you decided that, that you want to change and you decided, okay, I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to uh, live this life in Mexico, what was the first thing you thought of? If I was in that position, the first thing I would think about would be, okay, where's the income going to come from? But I know there are some people who don't think about that in the first instance. But yeah. Yeah, I, of course I had these thoughts and I'm still having them to, to, to an extent. Um, the point is, I mean, we had some savings and we said, okay, we can live for an X amount of time with the savings. And in this time I have uh, time to, to build my own business. And... Yeah, I don't know. I was, I always thought I will be afraid of that, but I'm, I'm not really scared of that right now. I'm not really. I think it's also because I don't really have this. Maybe I don't give the same value to money anymore than I did before, or I just also. I think I developed also a lot uh, personally and spiritually over the last years that I'm at a phase now where, where I just believe that everything will be good and and. That's the Iron Man mindset not sure if this is the iron man mindset maybe it's just like a trust in the, that the universe will fix it right that there's a higher power that will make sure everything will go its way and everything will be in the way it should be and if you if you approach it with a positive mindset then i think it's uh, you will get back to positive things yeah for sure and um, i want to move on to the holistic natural life i'm moving more and more towards holistic eating holistic being i've uh I, i'm never i was never a big meat eater but now for the past 
three months or so, three consecutive months, I've been vegetarian. I feel amazing and I'm looking at ways to grow my herbs, some vegetables at home. And it's just a different mindset. You feel amazing about it. Not that I'm growing much, but just that you, you start thinking differently. How did you start your holistic natural health lifestyle? So I, I grew up in a, in a normal, let's say normal family. So we were eating the food from the supermarket and we took all the medicines in, in, in the winter. And, but when I, when I started my own life from, let's say, 1820, when I had my own apartment and then when I met my wife. So I was always interested, became, or became more and more interested in nutrition, also, also related to my, my sport or athletic life, but also in general, just to be more healthy. And I think my, I have to appreciate here my wife. I think she's even more on this, in this direction and she helped me a lot also to get in this direction. But um, yeah, over the years, we became more and more to believe that we, yeah, that we have to eat more natural and that actually um, the things they're selling in the supermarkets and all these processed foods and junk food and, and, and all this stuff and the mass production of meat, for example, with all these hormones and antibiotics that they give to the, to the animals, um, that is actually causing a lot of our problems and our diseases today, right? All the all the sugar that we're putting into ourselves and, and, and the saturated fats. So we started to go more and more in this direction. So I'm not vegetarian or vegan. I mean, we tried this uh, at a time. Uh, my oldest son is vegetarian. I think it's okay to eat meat, but when we eat meat, we eat it from organic sources, right? That we make sure that it's high quality meat. That's not the coming from a factory where they feed them with uh, whatever hormones and, and all the stuff. So, yeah, and, and, and over the years, yeah, we got more and more into that. My wife is doing a lot of, um, let's say, plant-based medicine based on herbs, right? And it helps us for a lot of diseases. So we're hardly sick, and yeah, for us, it works pretty good. And I think also for our children, we're very happy, especially with the children. We went more and more in this direction. We tried, I mean, not 100%, but we tried to get all our food from yeah, more. I mean, organic is also like a label, but you know, you never know what's actually in it. But we try to do it as organic as possible. Yeah, they change the definition of organic quite frequently. I've been told. I think the the true organic is probably what you would call wild, if uh, you eat meat. Yeah, but even with with the wild stuff, I mean, it's not only like even if you have organic food, like the let's say all the all the corn and the wheat and, and this uh, plants they're like they're so modified on I mean they're not what they originally used to be right like the seeds are very different they're genetically modified so it's very, something very different like uh, if you eat uh, corn or wheat today like if you would have eaten it 50 or 100 years ago so it's not the same plant anymore basically I mean all the major food scandals have been to do with the meat so mad cow disease and there was a horse meat scandal in the uk some years back we have to be careful what we eat so i also want to ask you about your your coaching style so you're a transformational health and life coach so what is your coaching style so my coaching style is actually i started with health coaching especially what we talked about right now with um, alternative health coaching and, and leading people to different um 
different ways of eating and understanding like uh, which foods are actually good for them and which are maybe not. Um, but I was not really happy in this niche because uh, I think if you look, I mean, it's all online, right? And most of the customers and clients you reach uh, uh, online. And the problem is there. What I don't like is most of the solutions that are offered are this, like this, let's call it life hacks or this short-term solution, like something like whatever, lose 10 pounds in six weeks or, or something like that. Um, and I think that's, that's not really working because it's just based on motivation, right? And that's, of course, it works maybe for three months. We can motivate ourselves now to eat healthy for three months or to go to the gym for three months. But I think if we really want to make changes, you need uh, to think more long-term and then you start to, again, to need to work on yourself and on your pattern. Because, I mean, where is it coming from that we're eating like junk food all day or that we yeah, stuff ourselves all the time with snacks? It, it's, a, it's a behavior pattern as it has its roots somewhere. And so I started to, to be more interested in the area of transformational coaching, which you really go into this uh, underlying patterns and beliefs that, uh, that causing certain, certain behaviors that you have. So does that include understanding what your values are and then after that, seeing how they manifest themselves into patterns? Yeah, exactly. Values is one thing or other things are, for example, dramas from childhood dramas or like uh, beliefs we had. And most of the beliefs we, have, we carry with us today, they're formed in our early childhood, right? And we usually never touch them because they're somewhere in our unconsciousness. So if we're not actively working on ourselves, so we, ne we never really change them. And that's something I I'm helping people with. And in terms of coaching style, I think for me, it's, so I'm not, uh, I'm not offering solutions. I think every client needs to find a solution in, in him or herself. I can just guide them by asking questions and, and lead them to, to understand where they're coming from and, and where they want to go. And with that, help them on their way. So if I was to summarize it, you would try to understand their patterns, their traumas, and understand their goals. And with that, you sort of guide them as to what they believe or what they truly want to achieve, rather than you sort of giving very specific targets. Exactly, because I mean, it, it, it doesn't make sense to tell somebody, right, to whatever, to, to run an Ironman or a marathon. If you, if you don't like running, you shouldn't do it. I mean, it's just not, it doesn't make sense that you would do a run. But everybody has his own ways and everybody has his own passions that you should follow. And, and with that, yeah, it's, uh, and they can be discovered. And everybody also has its own fears. So it's a very individual work. So I think there are no, there are no predefined solutions. So I'm not saying anybody should follow my way now and quitting the job and moving to, to the other end of the world. I, I think that's, that all are individual solutions. We can just work them out for ourselves. And, and this is something where I can help. What takeaways would you give the men listening here today who are typically in the midlife right now? I think it's important to understand where you really are. Or let's put it like that. Is the life that you're living today, is it really the life you want to live? Because if, if it's not the case, then you have to change something. And you could also ask the question, at the end of your life, let's say, whatever, one day you, you're dying, at the end of the life, what do you want to be remembered for? Or what do you want to be proud of? Right? These are the questions you should ask. And 
usually it's not that we the, the things that we just do to amuse ourselves but it's things like making a contribution or like uh, being with your family for example being with your kids uh, for me it's amazing now i see my kids much more often right i'm not saying i'm the perfect father right i certainly also have my problems there but uh, when i was working i was i was traveling all the time and now since we're here in this new life I see my kids more often and it's so important for me and it's so great. And yeah, I think that's just a consideration. What are really the values? And I think we always need a balance in our lives, right? There are different areas in life. And I was focusing many years mainly on, on my job and my business and wanted to be successful. But there are other areas like your family, your relationships, your, your body, your health uh, that you should take care of. And you always need to find like a balance that you have all these areas in balance. So if, if one is here and, and the other is uh, somewhere down below, um, so usually this is not working for a long time because then, like, if you like neglect your body for many years, you, you will pay the bill. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I like uh, what you suggested. That how, the question we should ask ourselves is, how do we want to be remembered after we're gone? I think this has been very insightful. Uh, Ingo, uh, the Iron Man mindset has been uh, quite eye-opening for me. It's something I can apply in my daily life. And where can people find you? Uh, so I'm mainly active now on uh, Twitter. My Twitter handle is uh, underscore the small reset. That's my, my brand. Um, and yeah, from there, there they can go to the other social media sites. Okay. I'll link that in the description below. I like the title, the small reset. Is it with reference to the World Economic Forum's uh, The Great Reset? Yeah, exactly, because I thought about it and, you know, a lot of people talking about this Great Reset and the intention, uh, the intention of them is to make the world better, right? I mean, I'm not uh, discussing now if it's good or bad, but it's just to make the world better. But I thought it doesn't require now to make the world better that we, like, uh, do all the stuff they want to do. I think a small reset if every of us, each of us would work or will work on himself or herself to make himself a little better, like to be more present, to be more aware, to be more open to society, to be more contributing. We would also have like a, get to a great reset and we would make the world better, right? So I think, and I mean, I cannot impact the world today, right? But I can impact myself. This is where I can change, where I can make the most impact. And that's what I think where we should start. So start with yourself and start to change yourself. And, and then you make your contribution. I like that. And I totally agree with you. If we all make our individual small resets, then the, the so-called great reset, which the World Economic Forum wants to impose on us, that will have no effect. And to add to that, what you said at the start as well, sort of live your life without the fear. Well, Ingo, this has been a great conversation. Thank you very much for your time. I thank you. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to the Midlife Masculine Podcast. Find us on mlmpod.info and all major podcast platforms. Please like, share, subscribe and hit the bell.